Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper for another 2021-22 post-game recap. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course, follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So for tonight's episode, two games on the agenda, two LA games. Ending the way I want them to end. The Lakers with another loss and the Clippers with a W. So, before I get started tonight, I want to say that tomorrow I will be having two spaces on Twitter. I hope to see you guys there. The first is my original regularly scheduled program weekly, Dimes Bank, where you can literally talk about, come up with any team, your team. If you want to talk about you know, the Charlotte Hornets, you can come up and, and talk about them. If you're a real fan of that team and you watch your team every single game, I would love to hear about it. We also have a lot of history talk in there. You know, old school fans will come in. Last week we did Carmelo Anthony versus Paul Pearson. It was really fun, uh, really good conversation. And then, to, so we're going to have that. So you can come up, anybody can come, anyone can talk. And then later at night at 7 p.m. Pacific time, the Twitter legend, Ricky G, and then a, uh, a Warriors fan, Jason, we're going to be ho- co-hosting a space, the three of us, and you get to ask Ricky G any questions. So that's going to be hilarious. I think it'll be a great time. So check us out, 7 o'clock tomorrow. Let's get into the good stuff tonight. The Lakers and the Mavs we're going to start with tonight. So Luka Doncic and crew, they... I've been playing great basketball this season. Their defense is much improved, as I said in my midseason recap with my boy Shane. So if you guys want to check out what I'm thinking about every single team at this stage of the season, go check out that midseason recap. has a little over 100 views right now. Uh, as it's time-stamped, so whatever team you want to hear me talk about, it's there. So make sure you hit uh, on, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well if you're listening to the audio version. So timestamps are all there. Any team you'd like to hear about. And I talked about the Mavs and their defense. And tonight was my first time watching them with Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, since the since the Porzingis trade and the game where Spencer Dinwiddie played. Because I'm, when we played them, Clippers played them right when they made the trade. So Spencer Dinwiddie hadn't come yet. Or, and neither had Davis Bertans. So I got a chance to see them tonight. And in the beginning of the game, the Lakers went to a, and by the way, they embarrassed themselves with maybe the worst performance of their entire season, which I feel like I'm saying that every week now. Look at the New Orleans Pelicans the other night, who, as Shane and I talked about in the midseason preview, or in this midseason recap, I was going to say, make sure to leave comments and uh, comments and likes on that thing for the algorithms. Same with this video, every video. We're slowly starting to get back into the th- swing of things. Got to get back into that big, you know, bigger crowds, hopefully for the playoffs. But thank you to all you guys that have been here every single night supporting my content, whether it be on Twitter or on the YouTube lives. Really appreciate you guys. You already know how it is. And one day I will pay you guys back. I promise when we spam. So let's get into the game. Sorry, I was just taking a look at the uh, stat sheet, plugging my computer in. Don't want it to die on me. 
But let's talk about the game, right? So the Lakers made an adjustment tonight, and every single night it feels like they have a new starting lineup. It's like this is the first time they've played this starting lineup. And a large reason that is is because Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James have just not been able to stay healthy with uh, among the three of them. And mainly Anthony Davis, of course. But the thing is, tonight they started with an all-small lineup. You know, you expect a switch-everything-heavy switch scheme. Stanley Johnson at the 5, LeBron at the 4, and then Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, who was inserted back into the starting lineup after being on the bench for a couple games. And I did not like him off the bench if I'm a Laker fan. I thought he really lost that rhythm, the touches that he had. And he really is great to have out there with LeBron and Russ because he's a clear floor spacer. He actually moves without the ball better than a lot of players in the Lakers, which is not saying much at all. They're extremely stagnant off the ball, and we saw that tonight. But he does, he's such a threat off the ball compared to the other players in the Lakers. And he's shown capabilities of being able to play make. And he's the only one in transition this season who has seemed to score consistently outside of the occasional LeBron run out. But, you know, Russ has also had a really big, had a really tough time finishing around the rim this season compared to most seasons, especially in transition. But the switch everything scheme for the Lakers actually worked out pretty well in the first quarter. I thought that. They held their own pretty decently, and a large reason that was is another problem, you know, in the modern NBA that I think a lot of fans overlook when we talk about the skill of players. You know, Dwight Powell, he's good at what he does. You know, he gets rebounds. Uh, He's got good length. He's a decent rim protector from what I see, but I haven't noticed him be too crazy at all. Like, he doesn't really offer that much resistance for how how tall and uh, how much length he has and how tall he is. But you know what? Maybe he's been really good this season. So Mavs fans, if he has, comment on that. I think he's a decent player, but I haven't seen enough from him to say he's been great this season. So if he has, comment that. But Dwight Powell, for the most part, he wasn't able to, you know, he doesn't even look for the ball. He's got Russell Westbrook on him on several switches, and he doesn't even look to score. He has, you know, he clearly has no confidence back to basket, taking advantage of mismatches, which is what I talk about. And is the NBA getting better? That is the main thing overlooked. You know, I don't care if guys can do tween, cross, step back from the foul line, facing up at that height if you can't do the small things. And I'm not even saying Dwight Powell can do either of that. And I'm not even saying Dwight Powell is a bad player, but I just can't shake my head. You know, I think people need to look at these things when looking at the grand scope of the league and how it's changed over time. Regardless. Luca started thinking, you know, as the quarter went on, look, I'm going to try to get going right now. I'm, I'm not, they're switching everything, so that means they're trying to get us to play iso ball. So who's the who's the biggest, best iso player? Whose team is this? This is Luka Doncic's team. It's my team. And he was mixing some fools. You know, everybody was taking a crack at him, whether it be LeBron, whether it be Russ, Stanley Johnson, and he was getting by them for fun, drawing fouls. Even Dwight Howard came out and uh, guarded him on a couple possessions, and he drew fouls, and... You know, Luca. He they said it. He they showed that he leads the league in first quarter points, and he had a good first quarter again tonight with seven or nine points, maybe even ten, getting to the basket. His three ball was not falling tonight, but he was you know making sure he got to the basket. And Luca, you know, it's really impressive watching him because of the way he kind of counters and just reads the defender really well. You know, if he's giving him his right hand, he goes right. If they get him the left, he goes left. You know, he's got the step back. If they're sagging off, he makes. You know, he takes a step forward and then hits that step back, you know, on that left-hand side or stepping back left, which he loves. But I actually thought the Lakers had some really solid 
possessions in that first quarter offensively. You know, their first basket of the game was on a lot of ball movement. Many people touched the ball, extra pass. Stanley Johnson made the three. And Stanley Johnson, when he's hitting threes like he was tonight, three of four from deep and four of six from the field, 11 points, you know what he offers defensively. That's huge when he can hit threes. The only thing is he's clearly not confident in his shot, and the defense knows this. Every team knows it, and they sag off a lot when guys like LeBron and even Carmelo Anthony have the ball, especially on the wing, and they load up heavy. And Russell Westbrook is one of those players as well that they sag off all the time because they know that those guys aren't threats, and they're very comfortable with them getting the ball and firing away. So... The Lakers, though, overall held their own in that first quarter. And I thought Malik Monk was pretty impressive. You know, he came out and got a couple of buckets. And Russ had two free throws early in the game, which actually got him going in that first quarter. There was one play where he went right at Luka and scored underneath. And that would honestly be the end of Russ's good shooting uh, in that in this game tonight. Just that first bucket. LeBron got a couple buckets off transition. There was one play where he actually came out and guarded Luka uh, in the first quarter. And remember I said just a second ago, that Luka's jumper wasn't falling tonight like that. Well, he missed a shot from three. His classic step back, it was short. LeBron went out on the run out, and they found him for a dunk early on. And I thought the Lakers actually came out really, really solid. Yeah, Luka was 0 of 5 from three tonight. So that tells you the story in terms of what I said with the jump shot. But overall... The Mavs, you know, when they, when they pulled away by five at the end of the first quarter, it was LeBron went to the bench. And actually, you know, the defense just was sagging off of Russ, man, just inviting him to the basket because – or inviting him to shoot, really, and he would still go to the basket. And obviously, they have their angles ready. You know, they're, they're basically – they know he wants to go hard right into your body to create the separation. And when you take the right angle and are sagging off enough, man, and you're bigger than him like Maxi Kleba is and certain guys are, they blocked him a couple times. And it's just a tough scene for Russ right now. He's got no confidence in his shot. It's broke. You know, he's got he and I, I really think again, I'm gonna repeat this, but he really needs to cut out the threes, man. There's just no reason for him to be shooting threes, whether it's catch and shooter off the dribble. He needs to resist that urge. And he just hasn't been able to do this throughout his career. And I used to argue for Russ on his side about this. Like, he's going to figure it out one day. He's going to figure it out one day. And he never has. He continues to shoot threes, even though he's an abysmal three-point shooter, even at his peak when he was really good in Oklahoma City 2017-16. And he could sometimes get hot. You know, he made game-winning threes. You know, specifically that one against Denver to knock them out of, a play out of playoff contention. But he's just not there anymore. It's just not there anymore. And I don't think he should have been shooting in the first place. He never shot a great percentage from deep. But anyway, the Lakers were down 30-25 to 25 because of that poor ending to the first quarter. The second quarter, though, was where the Lakers basically lost the game. Because they actually played well for three quarters. Eh, not great in the fourth. But the second quarter was particularly abysmal, especially on the defensive end, allowing 41 points. The Mavericks... The craziest part is they did this all in the non-Luka Doncic minutes. Spencer Dinwiddie leading the charge and looking more like the Spencer Dinwiddie that I know. You know, getting to the basket, getting to the foul line, and attacking certain mismatches in pick and roll. And one of those guys was Carmelo, who he got an and one on early in the quarter. Russ and Braun were actually in the game too, and they were bricking jumpers. LeBron, though, was a little bit more solid on defense. 
Then the and then in recent games, you know, in the first half, here and there. But overall, nobody played great defense for the Lakers in that second quarter. And Spencer tried to go at Melo a couple times on those switch-everything schemes in that second quarter, and that was drawing double teams for the Lakers because they didn't trust Melo on an island with Spencer. And a couple times, those found guys for open that found guys for open threes, one of them being Jalen Brunson, who got an open three on them swinging the ball that put the Mavs up, I believe, nine points. And then LeBron, you know, I thought he actually came out and, and was doing a good job offensively of letting other guys eat. You know, I've spoken a lot on on recaps this season about I don't like when LeBron has big scoring nights, which, again, he's averaging the third most points in the league, and they lose. You know, I, I think it's better when LeBron either, you know, takes a step back and tries to let everybody eat and then picks his spots within the game throughout the game. And if he could close better, I think they would have won a lot more games this season. You know, he hasn't been closing the way he did last year before he got hurt. Last year before he got hurt, honestly, I think that was his best closing season of any season, even better than 2020. Because in 2020, I thought AD was the the more of the closer uh, that season, uh, especially throughout the season before the pandemic started. But this season, LeBron just hasn't had that juice closing games, you know, at all. And I think he hasn't, you know, he either maybe, you know, he's older, he gets tired, but he just shooting a lot of his career high attempts in three. You know, he's not putting as much pressure on the defense as I've talked about so many times this season. And I just don't think that it's – I don't think that, the, as I said many times, I don't think that the Lakers actually lack shot creation. I think they have lacked a consistent second guy in games that Anthony Davis doesn't play because Russ has been so wishy-washy with his shooting and his confidence and all that. But I think that Monk, THT, Melo, they bring the offense. I think, what, as I've said all the time, it's when LeBron and Russ turn that switch up on defense. The thing about Russ is I don't really trust him on defense anymore, whereas LeBron, he's still a good defender when he wants to be. Russ is an average defender when he wants to be. And tonight was one of those nights where he wanted to be average or good on defense. I thought Russ was actually had one of his better defensive games of the season despite the, sh- uh, the poor shooting night. But LeBron was letting guys get going, and I kind of like when he does that and takes over later, as we saw him do tonight. The only thing was, the second quarter was such a shit show for the Lakers. Uh, No pun intended with the whole Jerry West thing there. But LeBron bricked the three after he hadn't shot for a minute. And off that three, the Mavs scored in transition. And they were getting transition points when the Lakers just kind of had little droughts in that second quarter. The Lakers got called a timeout. uh, Down 44-32. Kent Bazemore played tonight for the first time in a long while. Uh, in terms of real minutes in the game, real minutes, <clears throat> real minutes when the game was still, you know, in question and, you know, you know, regular minutes, regular rotation minutes. And I will, and I actually thought he was okay. They went away from him in the second half. Actually, no, they didn't. I'm sorry. They went away from him in the fourth quarter, but I have to say guys, this second quarter was one of the worst officiated quarters that I've ever seen in all my years watching Laker basketball and 17 years watching Laker basketball, rivaling that of the 2009 Christmas game against the Cleveland Cavaliers where the Laker fans threw trash onto the court. So many times in that second quarter, Laker players either got grabbed or held uh, loose ball fouls, not called, or around the basket. Bazemore got hit in the back. He got a technical. Russ gets one of the worst whistles in the league. 
has had a bad whistle all season. Part of the reason why he's missed layups and lost confidence around the rim because he's not getting any calls either. There was one time Luca literally jumped on him and blocked him, got a little piece of the ball, and every outlet was posting about Luca. Like not every outlet, but a lot of outlets were posting about Luca blocked Russ. That was a foul, man. He got fouled multiple times. LeBron getting held on on rolls. You know, getting bumped around the rim when he's actually fighting for decent post position. Malik Monk getting hit at the basket. It was just terrible. And it was really killing the Lakers' momentum. And the Mavs were just increasing that lead, increasing it. And they led by 16. You know, the Lakers actually closed out the second half not too terribly, or second quarter not too terribly, and went into the half only down by, it was 71 to 56. They're down by 15. And, yeah, 71 points and a half, that's just not going to get it done. But we know the deal with the Lakers, man. They just don't guard. They just don't guard. But tonight, again, with the small ball lineup that they started with, it was good. It just they lost momentum in that second quarter. Just really badly lost momentum. And, you know, one person I actually thought had a good second quarter was Taylor Horton Tucker. You know, he had a little injury uh, where he kind of landed awkwardly or may have twisted his ankle on a landing, hitting someone's foot. But he was actually... You know, scoring a little bit in that second quarter for the Lakers. Because um, they did score 31 points in that second quarter. And a good amount of those were from THT, who finished with 8 points on 3 of 6 shooting. Third quarter, though. One of the best quarters of the season for the Lakers. They came out with that same starting lineup. That third quarter. I mean, that you know, that switch everything small ball lineup. And they played great. You know, they stood in front of the ball a lot better. They actually stayed in front of their men, you know, slid their feet, were sharp on their help defense. Stanley Johnson was great. Russell Westbrook had some good defensive stands. You know, LeBron really got into it on the defensive end as well, took a charge. You know, the crowd got into it. Lakers got in transition. Russ found Malik Monk and Stanley Johnson for threes on two out of three possessions, you know, two and two possessions on two possessions out of three, you know, in one turnover in between those threes. Austin Reeves, I thought his hustle and defensive intensity, especially like in the backcourt when, you know, you don't even need to be playing defense, but he was just trying to get anything going for the Lakers. At one point, he drew uh, a turnover. Uh, it He may have, he just, I think he regained the ball like once or twice for the Lakers. And he got the crowd going when they were still down by around 10 points because his effort was just great. And that's one thing, you know, if, if every Laker played, with even 50% of the effort that Austin Reeves brings every night, you know, their record would really be, I think, drastically different, at least 500 minimum. And that's just not even an exaggeration. It's not even a, a stretch to me or, you know, a big what if. Like, it's just a simple thing, you know, effort. You know, I know a lot of them are old. That's the thing. They can't bring that effort every night. But, hey, that is what it is, right? But anyway, Malik Monk and Stanley Johnson combined for... 13 points in the third quarter, seven for Malik, six for Stanley, two threes for Stanley Johnson, and the Lakers cut it down a three before LeBron James hit two deep threes, one from the logo, which you know he's got in him, especially the last five years or so. I mean, he's always hit big, uh, deep threes when he's hot. He wasn't necessarily even hot on the on this one. He had hit a three in the quarter earlier, but... You know, the last couple of years since the Steph Curry era, he has started shooting those deep balls uh, the last five years or five, six years. And he had two deep ones. Even one going to his right where he kind of stopped on a diamond. He wasn't being guarded, but, you know, he stepped into it and he actually kind of stopped on a dime and didn't fully just, 
you know, he kind of squared his butt, uh, squared his shoulders in the air instead of just coming to a full stop, then squaring them and then rising. And it was pretty impressive. I, I was his first one of the season that I've seen. And I've watched basically every Laker game. Uh, you know, he's way more comfortable going to his left. Lakers gained the lead, took the lead after being down 21 points late in that third quarter. You know, Carmelo Anthony, I thought, actually had a really solid game on both ends of the floor. He had some good defensive stands moving his feet and using his body well in that second, in that third quarter. And he was hitting shots and shot efficiently tonight. 6 of 11 from the field and 3 of 6 from 3 for 20 points. The second leading score for the Lakers tonight. And he was 5 of 5 from the line. So the Lakers actually entered the fourth quarter with the, a two-point lead after outscoring the Mavs 31-14 in the third. But in the fourth quarter, it was the Luka show. LeBron and Melo started out well. Braun had a really nice rip-through and dunk with, when the floor was spread. You know, Kent Bazemore hit a three in one three in each half. Uh, one was right before the third quarter ended as well. Yeah, he was two of two from three, Kent Bazemore. Six points. Only played 17 minutes tonight. But LeBron, nice. he had a nice step back too also in that fourth quarter uh, around the eight-minute mark. And, the, and Melo hit a three and put the Lakers up by five, 97-92. Then LeBron came out of the game. Lakers kind of struggled with Russ, you know. He just Again, the defense was sagging off, and he just kept missing. Braun, when he came back in the game, though, guys, in the last five-minute stretch, one of five from the field and two turnovers after he came back in the game, after he had a really great stretch the whole second half before that. And, you know, they were loading up on him a lot tonight, LeBron, as I said before. And he was looking for the right passes, obviously taking a little while on some plays. But I actually really like the way LeBron played tonight. He just has had problems closing this year, as I've said. You know, it's been can't get to the rim. You know, obviously people are loading up. He's also not trying to get to the rim as much. You know, I think that sometimes he doesn't go to the post enough late in games. But tonight he was going to that elbow. Uh, he just and he took a he took a contested mid range that he had made earlier in the quarter just didn't make it. it. Just seems to go. He's been going cold. It seems. I'd love to see the clutch stats, but LeBron, whether the clutch stats and the field goal percentage department are good or not, he's just not done a good job taking the Lakers home this season. And and you know Russ hasn't either. And I think a guy that took the uh, guys home was Luka Doncic. And everything turned to me for LeBron and the Lakers in that in that quarter. Not not for the Lakers actually, but more for LeBron individually in that fourth quarter when. He turned the ball over when he came back in, and the Mavs scored right off of it. You know, Dwight Powell got a dunk, and that put the Lakers, uh, put, regained, gave the Mavs the lead again, 101-100. And after that, Luka Doncic did something that I have not seen somebody do, and that is he hunted out LeBron James on pick and roll. He knew that the Lakers were switching everything, and there was Malik Monk out there. There was Melo out there. He wanted LeBron. He wanted his idol. He wanted to prove a point, and D. Wade made actually a really excellent point in inside the NBA postgame. He was saying, also, LeBron's the best ball hawk off the ball, you know, and he does jump, the uh, shoot the gap and get steals, so to put him on the ball is a, even bet, is a great idea, especially when you have no rim protection. So genius strategy, whether it was by Jason Kidd or Luka, I do think a little bit was like Luka trying to go at him on uh, one-on-one as well. Because LeBron, especially at this stage of his career, not good on the ball, really. He's not a great lateral defender. He he plays angles well and, and has the signature, let you get, let, 
let you get by him and then he pins you off the glass. But overall, you know, he's not a great on-ball defender. And I even think at his prime, he would do it in spurts. And, he, you know, obviously the famous Derrick Rose 2011 moment where he really locked in and played great lateral defense. And, you know, he used to sit down in Cleveland here and there. But I still wouldn't have, even at his best, I'd consider him more of a great off-ball help defender than one of the best on-ball defenders in the league ever. You know, um, I'm sorry, ever. I shouldn't have used ever. I meant at that time, you know. But regardless, Luka, you know, the first one was a shot falling, to, falling away to his left, one-legged fade, classic, which LeBron actually defended well there. Very next time down the court, he gets by him after dancing a little bit, just reading his defender really well. You know, it's easy to see, you know, a guy should go right. Oh, he should pull up right there. He's giving him too much space when we're watching on TV. But when you're out there playing against uh, league guys with, you know, seven-foot wingspans and are 6'8", like LeBron, it's it's, you know easy to see it from here but it's harder to do it out there but Luca he sees everything we're seeing watching it on TV you know what I'm saying it just goes the best players in any era they see it in that slow motion and Luca he does man he get and he, he he's just so methodical with what he does and he just pl- reads his defender beautifully you know they, as I said they give him the right hand he's getting to his right hand he got by LeBron lobbed it up to Dwight Powell for a layup you know next time down the court gets LeBron in that switch again Gets right by him again. LeBron trying to use hands, you know, toss him off of him. Gets in the lane for a floater to put the Mavs up five. And then the Lakers, you know, Melo got a good look at a three. LeBron set him up nice, and he couldn't get it to fall. And the Lakers slowly flamed out as they lost the game 109-104 after another attempted comeback. They only scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to the Mavericks 24. Russell Westbrook. You know, outside of Westbrook, the Lakers shot 49% from the field and 46% from three. So that could be a little bit of the difference in the game as well, Westbrook. You know, the Lakers actually shot well from the foul line tonight, which is rare. 16 of 20, 80%. So a very unfortunate loss overall for the Lakers, but the Mavs were the better team, and Luka closed the deal. 9 of 21 from the field for Luka. As I said, 0 of 5 from deep, 7 of 11 from the line. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists for him. Jalen Brunson was fantastic. You know, Shane said he can be the second-best player on a second-round team, and he looked like that tonight. 22 points, hit some tough jumpers, you know, hit 1-3 to cut the deficit in half from 194 to 197 with a hand in his face or a solid closeout by THT. So 9 of 15 for Brunson, 60%, and 4 of 6 from 3, 66%. Dwight Powell, 13.7 rebounds on 4 of 4 shooting. Reggie Bullock also, you know, the stats won't show it because he was he had 7 points on 2 of 9 shooting. But he had some really nice defensive plays. A block that went off the foot of a Laker that gave the ball to the Mavs and they were making uh, when they were late in the game. Coming back from when they went down 6 points. And he guarded LeBron pretty decently on certain possessions as well tonight and, and various guys. Dorian Finney-Smith. I always say he's one of the X-Factors for the Mavs. When he's knocking down his shot, it's huge because he always plays good defense or, you know, is one of their better defenders. 16 points and 9 rebounds for him tonight. 6 of 10 from the field and 3 of 7 from deep. And then Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. 14 points and 9 assists on 5 of 11 shooting and 2 of 5 from deep. So I thought he was really impressive. For the Lakers, LeBron, definitely the best player for me tonight for them. 26 points, 12 rebounds, 5 dimes, 4 turnovers, though. So, again, you know, not really too much in the playmaking category. 
Not a great playmaking night for him. I thought he just got better as the game went on. I thought he let guys do their thing in the first half. But overall, decent game for Braun. Pretty good. You know, Westbrook. I thought one of his better defensive performances of the season. But, and and eight assists to zero turnovers. But that 5 of 17 and 0 of 4 from deep is just tough. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 0 turnovers, as I said. Malik Monk, I thought he had a solid game despite the slightly the pretty inefficient night. 5 of 14 from the field, 3 of 6 from deep, 17 points, 5 boards, 4 assists. Reeves, even though he had a good game, plus 7, he only had 2 points on 1 of 6 shooting and 0 of 3 from deep. I already said Melo, 20 points. And then THT, 8 points on 3 of 6 shooting. But 104-109, the Mavericks beat the Lakers, move on at 37-25. and They're really playing great basketball of late. Lakers dropped to an abysmal 27-34. and They're moving closer to the Pelicans in record than they are the Clippers, who we are about to talk about now. I'm sorry, guys. I got home at, towards the end of the first quarter. But, you know, we really – I saw the second quarter, and we really went cold. But I like the shots we were getting because the Rockets, they just don't play defense. And they, they're going to give you a lot of opportunities to stay in the game because they're not a good team. They have a bunch of young players who are learning things right now, making mistakes, shooting a ton of jumpers and threes, and, you know, don't seem to communicate on defense much. 13 of 39 from deep for the Rockets tonight, 33%. Like, we'll just live with it. We'll totally live with it. And in the second half is really when we made our mark. I was really getting frustrated, though, in the first half. And I've been really getting frustrated all season with the amount of disrespect that Ivica Zubac receives from officials in this league. You know, I know he's not a star and he doesn't get, garner that respect, but he's not no fucking scrub. And they treat him as such. And they've been doing it for three years now, especially this year when Zoo's really made an effort to be more aggressive, to a lot of times just try to dunk. They had He had a stretch for a couple of games where he was literally just trying to dunk when he was around that, you know, inside the restricted area. And he has, for the most part been aggressive around the rim and tried to get physical and has jump hooked a lot of guys to death lately. No, I shouldn't say to death, but jumped hooked a lot of guys lately in the low post. But you know, a lot of times they go down there and he's getting bumped, chucked, slapped on, and even on the glass and they don't call anything. And it's gone to the point where if I honestly, I, I tweeted it out tonight, but I'm gonna give them one more chance. These officials, if I see any more bullshit, and I don't mean on one possession. I mean consistent stuff throughout a game where they're not giving my guy calls. I am going to drop a little bit more dough and sit close to the game. And I'm going to heckle the shit out of these refs till I get a warning until they start giving, until they hear me. What it's Zubats because it's getting out of hand. It's totally getting out of hand. But my guy still put up great numbers tonight and had a great game. The player of the game, 22 and 12 for Big Zoo. My boy Spencer, shout out to my boy Spencer in the YouTube chat right now. He always calls him the X Factor for the Clippers. And when I think he's been pretty consistent this season, Zoo. But when he plays well, we have a much better chance of winning. The guy I've been calling the X Factor for the Clippers, Marcus Morris Sr. Thought he was really good tonight. He's been playing great since Paul George went down overall. He had 18 points, 4 of 6 from deep. 6 of 14 overall. Third quarter is where we made our mark. 40 to 25, we won that quarter. And we blew the doors off. And that was Reggie Jackson starting to get going. I'm wearing that Reggie Vision shirt. Shout out to my boy Ernie. Uh, Trendy Skate Apparel, I believe is his brand. Check him out. He makes clip, Clipper merch, the clip set. Uh, that's all him. Um, best wishes to him. His mother just passed away, so shout out Ernie. Uh, Clipper Nation, always got to look out for one another as usual. But Reggie Jackson, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. 
He was really starting to get that floater going, get that three ball going. Three of five from deep in the game for Reg. Six of 16 from the field. And a guy that I just thought really played fantastic tonight was the brewmaster, Amir Coffey. The Brim Reaper, build me up coffee cup. You know, the Folger soldier, you know, the Seminator. He's always coming up with new stuff, uh, like a stand-up comedian with the coffee puns. But Amir showed so much to me tonight again in pick and roll, the same way he did against Orlando a couple weeks back, making the right reads, finding guys for shots, you know, taking it to the basket when he needed to. And obviously Amir's always leaking out in transition and doing that part of things, as well as playing good defense and being able to switch on different positions and multiple guys on the court. Another guy able to switch on in multiple positions and guys in the court, Robert Covington. Been an absolute gem uh, that we got right now. You know what I'm saying? Norman Powell was the main centerpiece of that trade. But Rocco, you know, he's playing fantastic. Both ends of the floor. Seven points and eight rebounds again tonight to go along with four blocks and zero turnovers. I mean, you, you can't ask for much more off the bench from him. And then another guy off the bench that was fantastic was Isaiah. You know, I thought he, he and Zoo both were a big reason why in that third quarter we built that lead because they were doing really well in drop coverage. You know, they do a really good job of taking the right positions in terms of, you know, uh, making the ball handler that's coming off the screen think, you know, should I throw the lob or should I take a shot? Am I about to get blocked or is he about to get to that pass? You know, being in between man and ball, they do such a fantastic job, the both of them, and that's something that, is a skill, you know, positional awareness. You know, sometimes some guys step way too far up and a little late, and just a second late with these pros, they, that's an easy pass. If you give them out window to pass, either it's over the top or a bounce pass, and, you know, some of these guards, they'll pick you apart, especially with no help with guys just spotting up on the three, you know, so it's easier for guys, it's harder for guys to drop down and rotate when you're helping uh, to help the helper. And DeAndre Jordan, that's something I used to get pissed at him for towards the end of his Clipper tenure. Uh, he would just get caught in no man's land in between those pick and rolls a lot. And they used to piss me off big time. You know, and then there's, you know, guys that, yeah, overhelping because they want to get a block, you know, and leave their guy wide open, wide, uh, alone, even when they don't need to, when, when the guy guarding the ball is actually getting over the screen and doing a good job, you know. So Isaiah Hardenstein and Zoo do a really good job of playing playing man and ball and that drop coverage. They haven't they've done that job all season. Really they've done that job consistently all season and Isaiah was doing it tonight. And another thing about Isaiah, you know, not only does he re, does he rebound, you know, he had three offensive rebounds tonight. He was hitting that little push shot. He had six points on three of six shooting. And another guy that I thought was great that we got to see tonight that we haven't been seeing recently is Brandon Boston Jr. 18 minutes efficient. He has he had been struggling with his shot. Efficient. 11 points on four of eight shooting and one of two from three. He knocked down both his free throws. Luke Kennard was one of four. Rare, poor shooting night tonight for him in only 20 minutes. But it is what it is when everybody else steps up, right? The brewmaster, as I said, great game from him. Ten points, three rebounds, four assists on four of ten shooting. And Terrence Mann, you know, he had our high, the highest plus minus of any player for the Clippers. You know, his effort is just amazing, infectious. You know, our team just... Has been so solid defensively this season, you know, communicating with each other and the coaching staff's just done a phenomenal job. We know exactly who we need to switch on. We know exactly who to play drop on, who to hedge hard on. We just know our coverages. We're in sync. And it's just beautiful to watch. And Ty Lu, just can't say enough about the guy. Four wins in a row for my clips. I don't even need to talk about the Rockets stat line because it's irrelevant. They're irrelevant. They're gonna be in the mud for a little while. And hopefully for them, they get a top five pick this year. 113 to 100 is the final score. 
That's it for me tonight, guys. My player of the game, Ivica Zubats, 22-12 for Big Zoo on 8-12 shooting and 6-7 from the line. Should have been at least 10 free throws tonight attempt, attempted. So they can kiss my ass, the officials. Uh, around the league, the Boston Celtics continue to be on a tear. Shout out to my boys out in Massachusetts, 37-27. and 27. And by my boys, I mean my actual boys, not the Celtics. Because I'm not a Celtics fan. I respect their history, though. Jason Tatum, really playing great basketball of late. Uh, Jalen Brown, oh, he got injured, huh? Three minutes played, so hopefully that's not too serious. Uh, Toronto beating Brooklyn by one point. Brooklyn, obviously, you know, no Kyrie Irving uh, uh, in Toronto. No Kevin Durant, and obviously no Ben Simmons yet. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Never go to the live subscribers way. No so patiently in the chat. Peace. Have a good night. Make sure to leave a comment, and maybe leave a review if you like, if you're listening on the audio version.